is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. The United States is home to about 1.3 million Salvadorans, with nearly 206,000 of them living in Maryland. To better understand the social, spiritual, and cultural realities of the people of El Salvador, and to better serve people of Salvadoran descent in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, Leah Garcia and Father Austin Murphy were part of a recent pastoral visit to El Salvador, January 25th through the 30th. Leah is the Director of Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Father Murphy is Pastor of Christ the King Parish in Glen Burnie, a faith community with a fast-growing Hispanic population. Leah and Father Murphy were part of a delegation that included other representatives from Catholic dioceses in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, and the Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services. Here to share some of their experiences of their trip are Leah Garcia and Father Austin Murphy. Leah and Father Austin, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. Uh, Leah, I, I thought we'd start with you. Uh, could you start mm-hmm. us off by giving us a snapshot of the Salvadoran community in the Archdiocese of Baltimore? How, how big is it? Is it growing? Where are the people coming from? Um, so migration of the Salvadorian diaspora began uh, back in the uh, 80s and continued throughout the 90s. And still, um, we still have Salvadorians coming, not as much as we did um, in the 80s and 90s. Um, and many people were fleeing the war. They were fleeing um, the civil war that broke out in, in El Salvador and that lasted uh, 12 years. And then after that, we had a period of gang violence. Uh, and crime. And so um, uh, much of the Salvadorian diaspora settled uh, in the Washington, D.C. area and then moved out to the suburbs of Virginia and Maryland. A lot of the people that we have here from El Salvador are from the southern part of the country, which is what we know Oriente, places from San Miguel, La Union, which is uh, which are places in El Salvador um, where the war really struck hard. And so um, we have um, people who have been here for 30 years, for 40 years, uh, some who are uh, recent arrival. We have a lot of uh, young children, descendants of uh, Salvadorian immigrants. Uh, some of them have uh, been able to obtain citizenship or uh, have become U.S. residents. Others have, uh, a, a large number of them um, have been protected by the TPS status, the temporary uh the temporary status um, that was granted to Salvadorians and other countries by the United States. Uh, but the vast majority of the people here in our region are from San Miguel and La Unión. Where are they settling in the archdiocese? Is it is it across the archdiocese or are there are certain parishes where the community is concentrated? We have 23 parishes that have Hispanic ministry. And in all of them except one, the majority of Hispanics are from El Salvador. Uh, 
-hmm. So we have places from Annapolis in Maryland, uh, St. John Newman Mission, uh, Christ the King, uh, Father Austin's Parish, um, and all the way to oh, Hagerstown, uh, which is um, the, the parish most uh, in the western part of the of the state where we have Hispanic ministry. But uh, everywhere that I visit and every every chance I get to ask pastors where their they're Hispanic communities from, they always say the vast majority are Salvadoreños. Okay. Father Austin, are you seeing more people from El Salvador joining the parish? Um, I'm not immediately aware of that. Um, our parish is pretty, it's, it's very large. Our 70% of our population is is Hispanic and immigrants. Mm. Uh, we have a pretty good mix and probably the majority of our people are either Salvadorian or Mexican mm. and, and a good number of Guatemalans as well. So we have, it's pretty, ours is pretty diverse. So I don't really, I wouldn't say I see them all coming from El Salvador or anything like that. It's It's pretty general. And a lot of times they're coming because their families are already here. And they're going back and forth, so it's a pretty mobile community. And uh, but I'd say that I, the majority of my my folks are coming either from Mexico or El Salvador. Yeah. And how did this pastoral visit get started, and what was the goal for it, Leah? It started among conversations uh, from the regional diocesan directors of Hispanic ministry and multicultural ministries. Uh, one thing led to another. Um, you know, we have some. Uh, directors that are serving the Hispanic community that are not Salvadorian. I happen to be Salvadorian, um, but the others are not Salvadorian. And so it started, you know, questions of, you know, I'm trying to serve the Hispanic community here. The vast majority of them are Salvador Salvadoreños, Salvadorians. What advice do you have from us? You know, how do they celebrate their faith? How do they live their faith? Um, you know, what are some key pastoral issues that are uh, a concern to them? And so it started from there, from the need to sort of educate um, our our pastoral ministers as to how to serve them to better know the community that uh, that are in our parishes. Um, and so th that's where the conversation began. And then we we made a proposal to have a um, a pastoral visit. We call it a pastoral visit. It wasn't a mission trip. We, we didn't go to El Salvador to build any homes or to feed any children. It was just an immersion just to get to know the culture, get to see the places that mean a lot to the people that we serve. And so we involved our pastors and our bishops and two of our bishops were able to accompany us. Uh, Bishop Brennan from the uh, Diocese of uh, Wheeling Charleston, who used to be vicar here too in, in Baltimore a few years ago, uh, and Bishop Evelio Menjivar, who is uh, the auxiliary in the Archdiocese of Washington and who is from El Salvador. Um, and he was just uh, so um, inspired to go back to his native country and to show his clergy and, and the delegates the history, the culture of the Salvadorian people. So that's how the trip uh, got put together. We decided to also include not only the, the lay ministers, but one key thing that we decided to include in the delegates was that we needed to have our clergy there present because they are the ones that minister directly to the Salvadorian diaspora. And they are the ones that really need to comprehend and to get to know um, the background story of the people um, in our communities. Father Austin, what were some of the places you visited and what was the experience like of, of meeting the people of El Salvador? Uh, well, we visited the capital and we were kind of based out of the capitals in San Salvador. 
Uh, we visited the cathedral there, and in the the crypt is where uh, Saint Oscar Romero is is buried and tombed there. So we had mass at his tomb uh, on our first day there, um, and then we traveled just a little outside the city where uh, Saint Oscar lived. We visited his home, which was right. It was interesting to see the style of uh, pastoral uh, care and, and pastoral, just the circumstances that the bishops would, uh, they, they, they aren't necessarily separated from the people as much as our bishops can be. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean that as a critique. It just, it was interesting. He was living in a house by a hospital where he would uh, regularly celebrate mass for the, the sisters in the community there. It was actually at that chapel, that church right next to the hospital where he was murdered. And we were able to visit his home. We were able to celebrate mass um, at the altar where he died. That was incredibly significant for me mm. uh, and seeing that. And then uh, we visited his, uh, his home, like his home parish where he was baptized, where he celebrated his first mass. I don't remember the name of the town, I don't, Leah, if you'd remember the name of the town where he, his first mass was celebrated, it was... Ciudad Barrios in San Barrios. Miguel. Barrios, that's right, in San Miguel, which is, again, is, is that area in the south where a lot of our folks are from. Um, we visited the, the the town of San Miguel and celebrated mass at the cathedral. We had Sunday mass there with their bishop and the, the gathered community, uh, which was really wonderful, and saw the connection that we, literally, the connection we have with the people there when... Uh, Bishop Avelio asked how many people have family in Baltimore, in Maryland and Washington and Virginia, maybe 40% of the, the, the church, a packed church raised their hand. Um, so that was, that was pretty amazing. And then we visited, um, oh, we visited uh, a uh, site of a, a horrible massacre, El, El, El Mazote, which was a site where the government murdered uh, almost a thousand people in that village absolutely horrible but having visited that it was just so incredible to see that that this was the lived experience of so many people and, and of our people and that there really isn't anyone from el salvador in that period of time who was not touched by the violence but also the faith and the witness um that the entire church gave um to to the uh, to their faith and to resisting violence and um you know just evil in that sense uh, on both sides. It was really amazing. Um, yeah. And we also got to visit a parish church where uh, our host, well, one of our hosts, Cardinal uh, Rosa Chavez, he lives in the parish there and there's a, a parish school attached to it. So our last full day there, we were able to celebrate morning mass with the children uh, from the school hmm. and then field some of their very difficult questions uh, that they had to ask about, you know, how old we are, what our favorite food is and that kind of thing. Um, th that was pretty amazing as well. So, and we, then we visited a, a little town kind of a, just outside of San Salvador, uh, Suchitoto, which also was a site of, uh, several massacres. Um, just, it was just amazing. And there, there's so amongst all that beauty, there's this horror, you know, this experience of horror that the people have kind of grown through, uh, as best they can. And, and often it was through their, their faith and the support that the church was able to give them. Hmm. How about for you, Leah, what was the highlight of the trip? You know, I lived in El Salvador in the 80s. I grew up in El Salvador. Um, I was born in 1978 when the Civil War was just breaking out. Um, I migrated to the States in 1991. 
when we went to El Mozote, it was just so moving. I had been to El Mozote once in the past as an adult, but just going going back to this place of uh, seeing the names uh, of the children that were murdered, they they list the almost as Father Austin mentioned the almost thousand thousand people that um, that got that got killed. Um, but when you see names on plaques and the ages of the children as a mother, you you know my heart just just broke at that moment. I was I was translating uh, for Cardinal Rosa Chavez, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I just mm-hmm. it's just the the pain that the Salvadorian people had to endure. And even though I lived through the war and the war came really close to where I live at times, uh, it's nothing compared to what these families, especially out in Oriente, in San Miguel, La Union, Morazan, what they went through. Um, And it was just a reminder of how fragile life is and how you know the 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 power of the Salvadorian community, the the resilience of the Salvadorian community. Um, Father Austin was mentioning we've been able to survive wars, gangs, violence. Um, you know the the everything that comes with migrating to a to a new country, not knowing the language, but just being at El Mosote for me was just again. Uh, as a mother, you 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 look at the at the names of those children, the ages of those children, and there's there's still so much healing that needs to happen, mm-hmm. uh, forgiveness that needs to happen, and that only comes through you know through the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, through your faith. Um, but it's just been an incredible journey to be able to to see El Salvador through the eyes of my colleagues uh, in Region 4, uh, to be able to share with them our, our stories. Um, there were three Salvadorians with us in the delegation, myself, Bishop Evelio Benjibar from Washington, and Jose Amaya, who serves in the as Director of Faith Formation in the Archdiocese for Military Services. Um, so just for us to share the beauty of the Salvadorian people, our culture, but also the the history behind um, what El Salvador has endured. To see El Salvador now flourish, to feel at peace uh, when you're out on the streets and not feel that weight of violence or or persecution is just um, it's it's really truly truly amazing. Well, our guests today are Leah Garcia, the director of Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and Father Austin Murphy, pastor of Christ the King Parish in Glen Burnie. We're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. I'm George Matisek, you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Archbishop William E. Laurie celebrates Holy Mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception and honors the Little Sisters of the Poor at Guadalupe Radio Network's Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner, April 27th. Radio host Debbie Giorgiani keynotes the evening at Catholic University of America. The Little Sisters' tireless work with the elderly, heroic witness to women discerning vocations, and standing up for religious freedom are why they're being recognized. At grnonline.com, learn more. Catholic Review Media is a proud sponsor of Guadalupe Radio Network. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. 
Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matasek. We're talking today to Leah Garcia, Director of Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Father Austin Murphy, Pastor of Christ the King Parish in Glen Burnie. Both Leah and Father Austin are back from a recent trip, a pilgrimage to uh, El Salvador, and we're talking about their experiences. Uh, Father Austin, what is the value of a trip like that in terms of pastoral ministry? Like, what, what are you bringing back to your people from your experiences in El Salvador? Wow. Um, well, for me, um, in particular, as an Anglo pastor of a largely Hispanic community, uh, of a Latin American community in particular, to have had that kind of firsthand experience of, well, really the beauty of uh, one of their, their countries, um, but also to experience the, really see where the, where their faith and their, their devotion is rooted, really gives me a new appreciation and love for uh, for all of my people, whether they're Salvadorian or not, um, it was it was just a great uh, opportunity for me to really appreciate the gifts that they bring and the sacrifices that they bring to church. It's not just hey, you, you owe it to to me to show up or anything like that. That there's a whole huge saga of a story behind every time someone steps through the door of church, which really is true for everyone, but uh, definitely for our immigrant population. So it really made me more deeply appreciate the the gift of the immigrant church and uh, want to be able to uh, bring that to life, not only for them, but also for the uh, the host church here too. Was there anything new you learned about the faith of the people of El Salvador, something that was eye-opening for you? Um, I don't think so. I think just seeing it in its natural habitat, in a sense, um, was... Um, really beautiful for me. I, I I was, I didn't tell Leah this, but I was on the fence about whether or not I was going to go or not. And I mentioned it to some of my um, parishioners. I said, you know, I have this opportunity and they, oh, you have to go and you have to see this and you have to see that. And they were telling me where to get the best pupusas and all that kind of stuff about, but uh, just seeing their joy at the fact that their pastor would go to their home and to be able to experience that, it was I almost get choked up about it when I think about how excited they were for that and the fact that I did it. And um, so I am so grateful that I did, but I have to say they're the ones who kind of pushed me over the edge into doing it. And so just seeing that faith lived out. I mean, I knew about St. Oscar Romero and all that sort of thing, but never had that kind of personal contact with it. And it's a gift to really be able to see that hmm. for anyone. Leah, from an archdiocesan-wide perspective, especially in Hispanic ministry, what do you hope to bring back from this experience? You know, I we we were using social media, um, all of us, to uh, to sort of uh, share with uh, with the people here what we were experiencing, the places that we were visiting, the people that we were meeting, and almost every comment and and people who have uh, connected with me have just. They're just so happy, as Father Austin said. They're like, 
thank you for showing them and taking them to El Salvador. They're just, uh, it it amazes me how happy it makes them that that we would go to the towns where they're from. We went to places like Chirilagua and Intipuca. A lot of people are from those towns. They're small towns, but you know, it just, it just, I think for me, it just shows how even though people have lived here for 30, 40 years, their heart still is in the mainland, in the homeland. Um, and for them to be able to rejoice in the fact that their pastors and their parish leaders, uh, that their bishops have been able to visit uh, and to, uh, you know, to get to know a little bit of the culture of where they come from. I think for me, that's one of the greatest joy that we're able to uh, to share that with the people as well. Um, we had this conversation with uh, with a couple of priests and they said um, they were young priests from Arlington and they said, we need more clergy to come and do this type of, uh, you know, they say mission trips and for them to explore, for them to be able to feel the love of the Salvadorian community, uh, for them to experience, uh, you know, to have a pastoral experience outside of the United States and, and just to see how strong the faith is here. Um, one of the most impactful things, I, I think, for a lot of us was how full and packed the churches were in the places where we celebrated Mass. Uh, full of children, full of families, uh, and it was just such a blessing just just to be a part of that. So I really, I really do hope that we can, you know, in the future, God willing, continue to have whether it's El Salvador or Mexico or you know we have a lot of uh, uh, people here from Africa now too, who we don't know their cultures very well, but they're in our parishes and we're serving them. So um, that that's part of uh, of accompanying people in their journey of faith wanting to know and being interested in 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 knowing that person um you know that person's culture that person uh, that person's uh uh background is i think it's just really intrinsic and especially if you're serving in ministry to show some appreciation some interest as to who are you where do you come from tell me about you Father Austin, do you get a chance to share in the cultural experience of your parishioners? Do you, are there certain traditions at mass or liturgy that you try to incorporate from the various cultures represented? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Whether I get to share in it or not, they 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 give it with me. So we have uh, the the uh, one tradition I love is the presentation of babies, um, and and every week or so, you know, there'll be a, a family that bringing their their newborn to church for the first time. And uh, usually it's at the end of Mass. The bishop in San Miguel did it at the beginning of Mass, which I thought was nice too. But, you know, it's almost like a Lion King moment where you bring the baby in and you, you present him to the Lord and to the community. And it's really a great gift. They do that. And then, of course, we have a lot of celebrations surrounding the Our Lady of Guadalupe. We have um, the, uh, the, the Semana Santa, the, the Holy Week experiences. And what I really like, and I just had a meeting with our community about this, is how we can offer that to our non-Spanish speaking community. Um, because a lot of the practice of the faith kind of mirrors the experience of our older parishioners from the 1940s, 50s, you know, and and that there was a very, it's a very traditional devotion-based um, experience. And that's still very alive in the Spanish community. In fact, it's, it's vital to the Hispanic community. So I, I love that we get to share in that. I'm actually wearing my uh, the uh, early Guadalupe torch run or whatever that we had uh, uh, for that, and, and you know I just I 
I've, I've told the people this before. I have fallen in love ever since I came to Christ the King. I've really fallen in love with our, our Latino community in a way that I never expected to. They're, the cha they're a challenge, but every parishioner is a challenge <laughs> to their pastors. Um, but it really is a challenge that's, that's based on their hunger for Christ. And, uh, and I, I certainly can provide that. Leah, are there certain expressions of faith unique to the El Salvadorian community that, that are highlighted in parishes in the archdiocese? Any certain festivals or religious celebrations? Yes. So we have uh, our patron is um, the Feast of the Transfiguration, El Divino Salvador del Mundo. And in almost... Almost every parish that has Hispanic ministry will celebrate that uh, on the Feast of the Transfiguration. Um, we also have the patroness of El Salvador, Our Lady uh, Queen of Peace, Nuestra Señora de la Paz. And that is, you know, celebrated also in several of our of our parish communities, uh, St. Joe's Cockeysville, Hagerstown, Sacred Heart of Jesus, um, where there is a Salvadorian community. Uh, you'll be sure that those feasts are are, are celebrated. Those are the two the two main ones. Uh, as Father Austin mentioned, we are big on you know the outdoor celebrations of uh, of the Stations of the Cross for Holy Week, the uh, the alfombras, which are the sawdust carpets um, that are they're not unique to El Salvador, but they're uh, traditions that came from Guatemala, our neighboring country, uh, and in other places as well. Just uh, beautiful traditions that people here have brought with them, and they have been able to to celebrate their faith here. And I'm just so glad that you know pastors do um, accompany the people here and allow them to celebrate special occasions as uh, the, the Feast of the Transfiguration and Our Lady Queen of Peace. That's great. Well, our guests today have been Leah Garcia, Director of Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Father Austin Murphy, who is the pastor of Christ the King and Glen Burnie. Leah and Father Austin, thanks again for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Gracias. Our pleasure. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matasek. Thanks for listening. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.